Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick. As always, we are recording in the second quarter of Sunday Night Football. Uh, Nick Sirianni just fooled Mike McCarthy uh, with a fake punt uh, that I called, uh, so I could see it coming. And Mike McCarthy could not, but that's fine. Uh, Cowboys up ten <laughs> nothing. Uh, we are almost there. Uh, today we're going to recap the Sunday games. We'll talk about the Week 15 openers and then close out with the Monday Night Football double header. Uh, Drew, any big takeaways from today? Great day, Jay. <clears throat> Good day. This time of year, we're 14 weeks into the season. Uh, the conventional wisdom says that uh, markets are tight. It's tough to find winners. And so I take great, great uh, delight in having a day where basically every break went my way. Um, very, very outstanding day of football in terms of outcomes here. Um, I think the only uh, the only thing that could have gone a little bit better is if the Rams had found a way to get it done in overtime against the Ravens, or you know maybe at the end of regulation a little bit more. I don't know. Read the room, guys. <laughs> this is important. Score a touchdown here. This is uh, you don't really want to go to overtime as you were came into this game as seven and a half point dogs. But uh, uh, McVay, I thought, did a really masterful job. Otherwise, um, and yeah, so we were a Rams short away from having just an absolute uh, slam dunk of a day. The AFC playoff picture is like very compelling right now. <laughs> I don't even really know where to start, man. There are so many fun angles to talk about in terms of how the AFC will come down the stretch here. Uh, the Bills beating the Chiefs being maybe the most important outcome uh, for like the grand scheme of things when it comes to uh, futures markets. I thought uh, MVP is largely going to be probably tilted towards Dallas after Dallas takes care of business, hopefully. Uh, but uh, yeah, there were some absolutely insane games. There were some absolutely insane markets. We had uh, a, a, you know an opener in uh, total go from in in Chicago go from what forty four to thirty nine back out to forty four and it landed in the middle uh, and you know th- this this absolute uh, absurd uh, outcomes where um, you know we get to halftime it's zero zero in Minnesota versus uh, the uh, the, uh, the Raiders and the commentary is like this is the first day. Since 1988, where two NFL games have gone to halftime 0-0. And uh, wouldn't you know it, three points ultimately decided that game. So it is conceivable that you bet Raiders plus three today. 
your team got shut out and you pushed somehow, <laughs> which I think uh, has uh, has to be a first. Uh, that all that said. Um, it was just a delightful day of football. And I think, um, you know, ultimately uh, nothing much really changed in terms of my uh, understanding of these teams or expectation as we come down the home stretch. Uh, what was the most uh, impactful outcome as far as you looked at the uh, board today? Well, let's stay with that Minnesota Vegas game for a little bit because I watched <laughs> an ungodly amount of that game. And, oh, no. Why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was, just, it was just kind of there, and I happened to watch a lot of it. And I have some interest in Minnesota doing well this season, so uh, which I don't feel good about after that game, even though they got the win. So, firstly, Nick Mullins is no good. Uh, he's, to my mind, much worse than Josh Dobbs. And I understand that he moved the ball a little bit, but he moved the ball a little bit because he threw a pass to TJ Hawkins in his first pass of the game, which probably should have been picked. Uh, and it went for a long game because it was tipped. And then the next pass he threw also should have been picked. He took a delay of game when they're at the end trying to uh, kick a field yeah. goal. Just all a mess. I don't think that Vikings team is, is doing anything if Nick Mullins is the quarterback. They're probably not doing anything if Dobbs is the quarterback, but I don't know. Let's like, Justin Jefferson seems like his injury isn't yeah. that serious and like he's going to there is optimism that he's going to be right to play on Saturday. Uh so we'll see if that changes anything for their outlook. But uh anyway, we're probably the only show yeah. that's gonna lead off with uh Minnesota Vegas. I gotta tell you what, I'll I'll tell you this. If you had two choices and it was Minnesota Vegas and Denver uh, Chargers and you elected to watch Minnesota Vegas, yeah. you made the right choice because I will tell you what, the Easton Stick experience stinks. It is not good. And uh, Denver just in general is a tough hang. Uh, the minute the uh, LA Chargers, I guess, I guess, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, if you didn't already know, the Chargers were eliminated. Now they are. Like, I would guess this is a multi week injury for Herb, right? Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, he's fractured his right finger. Uh, that's his throwing one. He was yeah. having trouble with his fractured uh, finger on the left hand. So seems like uh, he is probably done. I'm getting a lot of texts about Sean Payton, coach of the year. Oh, no. They're 7-6. and six. Oh, no. They beat Eastern Stick. Uh, they lost to the Texans last week. They were expected to be an 8- or 9-win team, and if they run the slate, they'll get to 11-6. and six. Like, yeah, that might be a case that can finish, like, 6th. But uh, I don't know, unless I'm missing something. I don't see Sean Payton, Coach of the Year, at all. I mean, there is a chance that he'll have an okay case, but the idea that it has the ceiling to be mm -hmm. the number one winning case uh, is something I don't get as Dak no. Prescott. Let's, uh, let's do a little Coach of the Year sidebar because that is fun. Like yeah. you, We can't really comment on MVP right now. Sorry, guys. If you're listening yeah. at home and you want us to really make some MVP commentary, we can't. Uh, the Niners took care of business. I, funny, though, that... Uh, you know, it was a relative surprise that Drew Locke played today and didn't matter. <laughs> he still covered the closing number. He looked, uh, great. He, looked, he looked great. Yeah, it was a relative surprise uh, that uh, there was one of the relative surprise that uh, Trevor Lawrence played today. Didn't matter. Physically, Browns, Browns, yeah, he looked fine. Brown still covered. <laughs> like, like, I don't know that I understand how we live in a world where the starting quarterback can be an uncertainty on the eve of these games and it, and this late in the season we know so much about these teams and it doesn't end up mattering like that it, it's a little bit breaking my brain um but the coach of the year discussion is fun i do not think sean payton is alive whatsoever but it's important to talk about because man campbell and the detroit lions left the door wide open for anyone to steal the nfc north he is now for sure 
not going to set the record for wins for a Detroit franchise, and he may not win his division. And if you watched any of that Lions-Bears game, the Lions don't look great. And we had kind of been sounding the alarm bells for this team now several weeks, uh, you know, going on a couple weeks in a row. Um, they are, uh, you know, they are in deep trouble. Yeah, I think, look, if Kirk Cousins was healthy, I mean, you could make the argument that the Lions are the, playing the fourth best football in the NFC North at the moment. I would agree. Uh, the Bears, and look, ultimately, I think they're probably still slightly better than the Bears just because uh, the Bears' offense has a certain lowered ceiling. But the way the Bears are playing on defense, uh, I mean, they're right there with Detroit. I didn't really understand why that line, you know, we talked about it this time last week, that that line wasn't going to close five. Um, and sure enough, it didn't. But no, coach of the year is a fun one. I think lots of chaos today where, yeah. you know, coming into today, I would have had three of the four favorites as Campbell, Ryans, and Steichen, and they all lose. Uh, I think now, um, as we sit here, that I th- Mike McDaniel would be my favorite for coach of the year, particularly with Kansas City losing. And now the one seed uh, being mm-hmm. in. Uh, Miami have it in their own destiny. They control their destiny to get the one seed. Now they'll have to win a game in Baltimore to do that most likely, but he would be my favorite, but I don't think he's particularly short. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is very live for that award now, particularly if Dallas closed this game out and the Niners control their own destiny for the one seed. At that point, I think that Shanahan at 14-3, and three, ending the season on a nine-game winning streak, being viewed as clearly the best team in football and kind of probably being viewed as just the best overall coach in football, yeah. uh, I think that is extremely live. Uh, it just brings into brings into play like weird outcomes. Like now if Matt LaFleur runs the slate, you know, before today, he probably had to dodge. All right, well, if LaFleur runs the slate, he needs Ryans to take another one or two losses he needs Steichen to take two losses to win he needs Campbell to not run the slate and all of a sudden now he's much closer to those things happening where now if you told me that Matt LaFleur runs the slate and finishes 11 and 6 and that potentially now wins the division uh over Detroit then I think he's probably odds on to win coach of the year like he's certainly very close to it anyway so uh, yeah. A lot of weirdness in that award. But if I had to bet my life on someone right now, odds agnostic, it would be Mike McDaniel. And I think the market is probably going to reopen with Dan Campbell still his favorite. And uh, I don't think um, I don't think that's justified. A really, really good breakdown. All I could add, <clears throat> I don't think that McDaniel is the bet at odds. No, at price. I, yep. I think it's LaFleur. Sure. <laughs> and I, I, think, I think LaFleur and the Packers getting the three seed is very, very, very real. Uh, obviously, you know, they have yet to play. They're playing the Giants. They're touchdown favorites. Like, we have a long way to go. Um, but, uh, yeah, today's outcomes were extremely, extremely positive for the Packers getting into the playoffs, which in the in the blind helps LaFleur. But if he wins the division over Dan Campbell, uh, makes it that much more likely, in my opinion. It's also the case now where if, if Campbell, I mean, it's so unlikely that he would run the slate, particularly because he's got a game at Dallas on the schedule. Yep. But uh, if even if he wins the division now, it's going to be at 12 and 5 or 11 and 6 with a tiebreaker over LaFleur. And at that point, I think people will still have Thanksgiving in their minds a little bit and how the Lions have ended the season with a relative thud and how the Packers would be on an eight game winning streak. And so 
Now I think if yep. LaFleur runs the slate, he wins the head-to-head with Campbell, even if he doesn't win the division. So, um, yeah, all good things yeah. for uh, Matthew. Begs, begs the question. Uh, Lions on the road at Green Bay in the 3-6 matchup are three-and-a-half-point dogs? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's the number? Yeah, I mean, It's going to be a field goal, right? Well, I, it depends. One, is Jair Alexander ever going to play football again? Like, this I guy's been... Does it matter? Like, five weeks. <laughs> They're playing so well without him. The locker room. They're playing uh, well without yeah. him. I guess they are. Uh, and then also, like, Frank Ragnow's injured. Um, yeah. Alan McNeil injured as well. Detroit will get some guys back. Detroit are better than what they've shown. Detroit have a really good offense when they're fully healthy. And Jared Goff doesn't have to, have to go outdoors for the rest of the season now. Just gets to play fair, every fair. remaining game in a dome. So I still think fair, Detroit fair. will win the division, but the door uh, is open. Uh, another quick few points as we go through. The slate one, uh, Miles Garrett is back. Uh, he is fully healthy. He was an absolute monster today. He didn't register a sack outside of the two point that he got the sack on at the end, which doesn't count as a stat. But three quarterback hits, tackle for loss. He looked super explosive. Uh, we'll see what Parsons does here, but he would be my uh, defensive player of the year favorite after yep. that. Uh, yep. Rams, Baltimore. Uh, well, actually, let's hit that in the opening because I got a point on the Rams. We'll come back to that one. Uh, but other takeaways. I thought that, uh, I mean, Purdy was magnificent, 368 yards, uh, ridiculous. I think the Jets probably have the best defense in football as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I can't wait to dive more into the Jets. Um, That defense is just special. Um, The... uh, I think at least the Baltimore Ravens effectively won the AFC North today. I think the 49ers, I think maybe actually won the NFC West. I don't know that it's exactly clinched, but they did. Uh, Those two divisions, I think, are are clinched. Um, Everything else is wide open, Jay. Like even the Chiefs in the uh, in the AFC West, all of a sudden, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy to see a way out? Would you believe? In any universe that the Denver Broncos are one game behind Pat Mahomes right now? How is that possible? I can't have this. A lot of Chiefs division stuff, which should be over. uh, And somehow uh, it is not over. Uh, So, sorry, the Niners did actually clinch the NFC. Oh, they did? That's that's an actual clinch? Well, if the Seahawks... Oh, I guess have they clinched over the Rams? I guess they must have. They must have clinched because yeah, they've got three losses and the other teams have uh, seven apiece. So uh, yeah, that looks like it's done. Yes, with the Chiefs. I mean, I think they're going to get bailed out because they have a super easy schedule remaining. Uh, particularly given that I guess Justin Herbert's probably not going to be there uh, the final week of the season because the Chargers won't have anything to play for at that point. Yeah. And yeah. so I mean, New England, Las Vegas, Cincinnati. In, in KC, that might be more tricky if it was in Cincinnati, but and then finishing with the Chargers, I suspect the Chiefs will be okay. But mm. I mean, the one seed's gone for them, more or less. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you don't think Easton Stick learns how to play football by the time we get to week 18? <laughs> uh, I mean, really, the question is will interim coach Kellen Moore? Will he elevate Easton Stick to the level of where they can even compete in that game? Um, because yeah, no, the Chargers are an absolute disaster right now, and uh, yeah, it's it's just it it is wild though that basically the way the outcomes worked out today, the NFC South could not be more wide open. The AFC South looks wide open. Uh, the AFC East is not decided. The Bills are coming um, now. <clears throat> none of 
the you know nothing obviously tomorrow's game i don't think is ultimately going to matter because uh, these next two games for the dolphins look very very winnable but um yeah the afc east the afc south the afc west all still relatively in the balance nfc east nfc north in the balance and nfc south wide freaking open yeah yeah let's not let's not dwell on the nfc south uh <laughs> let's get to some week 15 openers but first this Sunday is an AFC battle with playoff implications when Lamar Jackson and the Ravens travel to Jacksonville for a date with the Jags. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Lamar Jackson uh, edging his way back into the MVP conversation today, or I think he, that he will. Uh, I think he will win that award if he beats uh, San Francisco and Miami back to back in Week 16 and 17, Possible. and Dak takes a loss somewhere along the way. I mean, Dak might need to take two losses for Lamar to win, but he's back in it. Uh, week 15 openers. Uh, so the one Drew that leapt off the page to me is I think the Rams should be bigger than six-and-a-half-point favorites uh, home to the Commanders, where I think, and to circle back to that Rams-Ravens game, and the Ravens' defense didn't have a chance for a lot of this yeah. game. The Rams are just yeah. moving the ball at will. Stafford, yeah. Stafford had some bad throws and some bad misses, and he really should have ended the game at the end of regulation where he basically yeah. threw a pick that required a miracle breakup in the end zone. Yeah. Like, oh, what are you doing, Matthew? But... Uh, I thought he was excellent. I thought the fact that Cooper Cup just looked like 2021 Cooper Cup again, opposite Pukunakua, who looked like he was done for the season last year and now is completely fine. Like that offense is just rolling on all cylinders. Yeah, I had a lot of Rams today, most of it on the spread. Uh, I was hopeful that they would win because I have some Rams futures and I would really, really like to see the Rams in the playoffs not I guess right now it would be over the Vikings. Please, if the Vikings get in in the 2-7, I mean, help us all. Um, I think the Rams are the fourth best team in the NFC. Uh, we agree. You can Actually, we could have a fight. Is it the Rams or the Packers? Like, that's the fight. <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, like they're both dynamic offenses and then defenses that are good but have, you know, do have some limitations. Lamar Jackson was absolutely incredible today. Yes. Um, I honestly don't think you can understate uh, how magnificent he was. Uh, third in a million in in the red zone at the end of the game, uh, you know, needing the touchdown to go ahead. <clears throat> he comes up with that uh, play to uh, Zay Flowers. I did think that both of the touchdowns in the first half of the Ravens were more of a factor of blown coverages by the Rams and some miscommunication and just some sloppy defense that they finally got tuned up in the second half. But um, but still, it was an incredible, incredible game from him, his best of the season. Uh, and I think ultimately the um, uh, 
the Rams are a dynamic powerhouse. Um, there were a couple of plays in the first half where Puka Nakua took some tough shots. One couple like kind of looked like headshots. And yeah. as a Rams backer, you see Puka Nakua take those shots, and you know the state that you know, like the Cooper Cup hasn't been as productive, and they're relatively thin. And you're like, oh my god, if they lose, if if they lose Puka Nakua, like <laughs> this team is in trouble. But uh, uh, Cooper Cup showed up. Kyron Williams was unreal. Kyron Williams was unreal. If they had Tyler Higby, I think the Rams win this game, and they will have Ty- Tyler Higby down the stretch. So, uh, yeah, Rams are still a factor. Rams should be bigger favorites over the uh, Commanders. I don't think the Commanders are playing for much. Um, this is now roster. Yeah. yeah, they're playing to lose, and they're playing to evaluate the the deeper parts of their roster and their their secondary, and in particular, actually, the entire defense is just an absolute clown show. So. Now uh, the Rams should be able to light them on fire. So that's already getting bet. Actually, it's out to seven. If you can find a six and a half, I think that's a fair play. Yep. Uh, on Nakua, Nakua dropped a wide open pass over yeah. the middle uh, late in the game, which that may be thinking that it's a little bit in his head the hits that he's been taking the past couple of weeks. But just quickly on Lamar Jackson, who I don't think will have any pathway to being the deserving MVP winner. I think his numbers are just too far off the pace when you compare him to uh, to Brock Purdy or to Dak Prescott or even to Josh Allen, to be honest. But when you watch a game like today, you can see yeah. why people would buy into giving it to him, even if he doesn't have the stats. And the reason why there's just some visual experience about watching Lamar Jackson where there is just a different scope of possibility on every play with him that just doesn't exist for any other quarterback, even yeah. Mahomes, there is a certain confidence that you have in Lamar on third and 17, which I guess it's difficult because Mahomes just doesn't have any weapons. So you don't feel like he's going to convert it because you feel like someone's going to drop a pass. But with Lamar, when it was third and 17 at the end of the game, it didn't feel dire. And it would have felt dire for, I think, every other quarterback in football outside of Josh Allen. Uh, yeah. And so Lamar, there is just something about the way he plays that resonates. And he was... And again, like you can see why, like his passer rating today was 92.8. It wasn't great. His QBR was 70.4, which is really good. But again, this isn't, you know, Brock Purdy level stuff or anything. But just watching the game, he looked magnificent and it felt like he won them the game. As someone with real big boy stakes on the Rams, every single time he had the ball in his hands, I was terrified. It's petrifying. It's it's terrifying. And like this, he's having an off this year, but. It doesn't matter. Like he's he was so magnificent in the high leverage moments of that game. It was it was something to see. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's he's a special player. He really yeah. is. Uh, so other week fifteen openers, Raiders minus three home to the Chargers is a uh, very <laughs> thing to say out loud <laughs> after a team got shut out against a team that sucks uh, and is somehow a three point favorite. Perhaps not unjustifiably though, if you watch any Eastern stick. Uh, in terms of other lines, I don't think the Lions should be four and a half point favorites over the Broncos. I think that should be a touch smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the Titans Texans line right now is just kind of a fake placeholder line. Uh, what I'm looking at is pick, it's range mm-hmm. from pick to Titans minus two, even. 
I would just always bet on uh, teams doing the wrong thing in these spots and just rushing Stroud through the and I would guess that he Please plays. don't. Just because that's how yeah. these things tend to go. If the Niners are able to rush Brock, Thur- Brock Purdy through concussion protocol in six days to face the Bengals, uh, yeah, I, I would probably, I'd guess that Stroud's probably going to I mean, nothing's Stroud. more impressive than the Pittsburgh Steelers rushing TJ Watt through concussion protocol in six minutes, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That that's, that's, was that's the worst one yet. That was horrific. Uh, okay, so uh, fun openers that you all brought up. I, I mean, the Las Vegas Chargers on Thursday Night Football is interesting. Like, I guess the opener total, the opening total here, twenty four. That seems fair. Oh wait, <laughs> it's thirty. Fair. It's thirty four. Oh, it's thirty four. Uh, oh my god, Easton Stick versus. Is it going to be Aiden O'Connell? Are we going to go back to Jimmy G at some point? I mean, the Raiders' offense was useless today. Is it going to be Jimmy G? Well, I mean, we should, but I don't think they will. Um, I guess maybe getting shut out by the Vikings will uh, necessitate a change, but you I wouldn't think. be holding my breath necessarily. I, Chargers defense is playing better. Raiders defense actually might be like legitimately good. Like, I, like Raiders defense is a top half in terms of EPA per play on the season now. And if you I look know. at like the last eight weeks, they're like like good, good. Like I don't know where this came from. Yeah, I mean Max Crosby is amazing. He's amazing. Like Max Crosby is a top five defensive player in football. I don't think there's any really disputing that. But I don't know. The second he doesn't have much help, but they keep on grinding out results. And to be fair, like Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs had games where he was useful on offense for the Vikings, and sure. he just the he's just been atrocious against the Bears and the Raiders. So uh, yeah, I guess I guess Raiders minus three is probably the play, just because there is scope that Jimmy could be the quarterback, and if Jimmy's the quarterback. Yeah. Against Eastern Stick, that line should be like six, yeah. right? At that point, yeah. like Jimmy's a real quarterback, and Eastern Stick's yeah. a, a pretend quarterback. Yeah, the uh, the the number I like the most, and it's not. This isn't an emergency. You don't have to run to get this. It'll be here all week because, actually, maybe not. Uh, you can get a, a relatively decent stake right now on Baltimore minus three against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars' defense is paper, guys. Yeah, it's not. It's paper. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, David Njoku and Joe Flacco made them look silly today. Uh, I think uh, specifically the way the Ravens are schemed, the way that they're kind of finding, it, honestly, the way Odell Beckham Jr. created separation. Like actually, like we we've I, th- I said it already, but the blown coverages felt like more of the story than the Ravens' offense. I shouldn't say that because that does actually take away from the double move that Odell Beckham made on his touchdown in the first half. Like, that was, like, vintage, best of Odell Beckham type of film. The fact that he can do that this year at this stage in his career is noteworthy. Um, I think they're going to absolutely... Baltimore is going to burn Jacksonville to the ground in this game, which opens the door for uh, Houston, I think, to make their name in the AFC South. Um, The fact that Indianapolis... (laughs) uh, Man, the fact that, like... Gardner Minshew is who we thought he was in the game against Cincinnati. Now he's got to go up against Pittsburgh. Should Pittsburgh really be catching three points there uh, with Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, whoever takes the start there. I kind of like the team getting extra rest on Saturday. Pittsburgh Steelers uh, getting three um, in some spots. The um, uh, The rest of the games <clears throat> either have teams that are currently playing, which matter, like, i.e., like, I guess... Let's say this game plays out. Buffalo, uh, Dallas, uh, you know, throttles the Eagles, knocking on wood. What kind of number do we see against Buffalo? I mean, I think those. I think they're the same team, 
right? I think they're very evenly rated and it's home field. So I think Buffalo minus one and a half. I think that, that would okay. be fair. We'll see what happens okay. with Buffalo's injuries. Micah Hyde uh, left okay. the game what, and uh, what else comes out. Yeah, what were your takeaways broadly about the Buffalo-Kansas City game? Uh, same stuff as always. It was kind of the manifestation of both of those teams uh, in one game where – Buffalo just do a lot of dumb stuff, but they have so much talent and, and Josh Allen is so good. And the defense is now, I think, in a much better state than it was, say, five, six weeks ago, where now it's a perfectly solid unit and the offense is a top three, top four unit. Uh, and then the Chiefs, I thought it was, a, it was a better showing than I expected from the Chiefs defense. Uh, and they got the stop at the end they needed. But the offense, there's just there's just no ceiling there whatsoever, and it's just so fitting that, I mean, it is properly de- descended into farce now that uh, the, the wide receiver stuff, like, it's yeah. just unbelievable. Night one of the, it's literally started on the first day of the season with Sky Moore and Kadarius, the Tony's clown show against the Lions. Uh, everything that happened against the Eagles between Justin Watson being allergic to catching passes and MVS on the drop, uh, at the Green Bay game, uh, the drops in that one, and then this one with Kadarius Tony lining up offsides, which is entirely his fault. I don't care, Andy Reid, if you're supposed to get a heads up, just don't line up offsides. That's the rule. Uh, yeah. So, How dare they not tell you you're breaking the rules, guys? Yeah. The most famous, uh, that'll be the most famous Chiefs offside since uh, yeah. D. Ford in the AFC title game. Oh, if you remember Jay. that one against oh. the. Oh, Patriots, which cost me oh, a lot of money. Uh, oh, oh, why, 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 why did you bring that up? <laughs> Brady would oh, have one less Super Bowl. You just get, was two oh inches, my god, one inch behind. I just the line. got yeah. uh, instantaneous heartburn. Oh my god. Oh, that that one was brutal. Um, yeah, no. The uh, uh, the funny thing about the officiating in Bills Chiefs was as a Bills backer. For three and a half quarters, I was screaming about the refs the other way, <laughs> like <laughs> because those calls happened at the end of the game and they were against Kansas City. The Kansas City fans feel jobbed. Well, yeah. believe me, you got a favorable whistle for a lot of that game. Like that was that was that was uh, that was not a lopsided uh, or decided outcome. Sorry, guys, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought uh, I I thought Buffalo um, did not they did not meet my expectations today personally. I thought their offense was to be able to do more. Um, And I actually am now back more like middle of the week this week, Jay, or we did when we wrapped up our week and the bills money line. This is my favorite play of the week. Okay. I, I, I kind of buried my concerns about Sean McDermott and his lack of aggressiveness with the lead. And that felt present today, like very present. And um, I still will probably play the Bills against the Cowboys because the Cowboys are going to be in an absolutely dreadful, dreadful spot uh, after you know this game against uh, you know all-time rivals getting a little uh, little redemption. Um, but I will tell you the two things that caught me by surprise in the Bills um, uh, Chiefs game were the Chiefs effectively won in the trenches on yep. both sides of the ball yep. for most of that game. And I did not see that coming, particularly the Chiefs pass rush winning against the Bills offensive line was a surprise. So um, I don't know if that's something to follow or if that had everything to do with the noise and the setting uh, and being on the road at home against the Cowboys. Maybe it's different, but uh, I'm I'm lightly leaning Bills under three. Yep. 
No, I can I can see that. I will say with McDermott, who I think is a terrible coach, uh, and I think he should lose his <laughs> job over this season, even if they sneak into the playoffs. He should lose it even if they go on to make the Super Bowl, honestly. like He's done a terrible job this season. But I will say, at the end of the game, and I know it was still on the other side of the two-minute warning, and the Chiefs had two timeouts. So if you just run the ball up the gut three times and kick a field goal, then Mahomes is going to have a minute 47 or whatever uh, to be able to march down the field only down three. Whereas if you get a first down, then the game is over. So I was fine with them throwing the ball. Like all, I mean, I you could see if it was, would have been very Sean McDermott just to call three straight runs up the middle uh, and to go absolutely nowhere. But like, it wasn't wasn't the prettiest game either side. Just last yeah. thing on the Colts, which you mentioned. <laughs> I can't take Trubisky uh, getting less than three points in that game. I understand <laughs> okay. the, Colts, the score was ugly, but there's some weird stuff in I that game. I didn't watch game. much of that game. I, I got to rewatch that game in, fair, in fairness. Yeah. I watched this strange amount of it where the Colts missed, <laughs> Colts missed the regulation field goal. They fumbled a punt. When you look at stuff like the success rate of both teams, it was pretty even. The Colts moved the ball at will. Like they moved the ball. And Cincinnati have a terrible defense, but if uh, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith can't go, then Pittsburgh have a terrible defense too. That's so a fair point. I think that the Colts will be able to move the ball. And also, and we talked about this last week, like it's just a terrible matchup for the Colts don't have any cornerbacks. Like it's Jalen Jones, who's a seventh round rookie, Daryl Taylor. And they're lined up against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins on the road. And they they just had no prayer. And they just got destroyed after the catch. I think Juju, my man, Juju Brents, he'll come back next week. He's their best cornerback okay. uh, on the outside. That'll help. Uh, they'll get EJ Speed back at linebacker. Some chance Jonathan Taylor plays as well. I think the Colts win that game. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be rushing to the window to back them at uh, two and a half. But I think they win that game. I'm pretty bummed that uh, DJ Stroud got concussed, man. Oh, I didn't realize it was that serious. It's not. Dang it's it. not right. It was such a the game was over by that yeah. point as well. I mean, they, he's always going to be in the game at that point, but uh, that's a tough one. But anyway. Yeah, because like it's funny because like the AFC South should be a really fun handicap right now, but like uh, I just think it's kind of not because the Jags have the yeah. tiebreak over everyone, whatever happens, and they have this Ravens game, which I think they're probably going to lose. They probably lose, yeah. That. But yeah. after that, it, the schedule is just comically easy. It's like Bucks, yeah. Titans, and then one other easy game. Oh, um, Bucks are easy or, or what? True. They yeah. can lose. They're not. Okay. Jags aren't that good. So they can <laughs> lose right. the Bucks. And Gun to head. Texans could run the slide. Okay. Gun to head. Who wins yes. the South? AFC South. Uh, uh, the the Jags. Jags. Gun to head. Who wins the NFC South? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a, uh, you know what? It's a sickening answer, but uh, the New Orleans Saints. It does kind of seem like it, yeah. I just got the easiest schedule. Um, yeah. Falcons are no good. Bucks, their defense, the their, the defense the, their defense bounced a little bit. Yeah, defense is a bit better. Um, I think the Bucks have the best team of the three right now, but uh, I think that they have the hardest schedule. So uh, Saints, Saints for me there. But okay. um, Good, good slew of depressing questions. Uh, all right, before we get to Monday Night Football, this holiday season, Drew, get the fantasy fan in your life, the exclusive Rotoworld Draft Guide bundle featuring expert analytics, player insights, and season-long tools. Get all three of the draft guides for one low price. Go to nbcsports.com slash holiday bundle and use code HOLIDAY23 at checkout to receive 25% off and a $10 Fanatics E gift card. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. All right, okay. two games on Monday night, double header. Dolphins, 14-point favorites, home to the Titans, total is 46. Mm-hmm. Packers, six-and-a-half-point favorites at the Giants, total is 37. Uh, do you have plays on either of these games? I did not have any intention of getting involved with either of these games at all. But at current price, I don't think you can pass on the Packers. Six okay. right now, Jay. It's six. And the injury report has not come in. Pause positively for them. Uh, but the injury report is also very unfavorable for the Giants right now. Um, Tommy DeVito is getting the start. Uh, we expect Waller's probably missing. Um, my read on all of the comments around those two is that the Giants aren't serious about trying to win football games. Um, and I think ultimately the Packers are very serious about trying to win football games. And it kind of doesn't matter if some of these kind of brain name, brain, uh, brand name players who you recognize aren't, um, you know, aren't available. They still have outstanding pass protection and Jordan Love is dealing right now. So it kind of doesn't matter who he's thrown to. Christian Watson being out I don't think is a big deal. I think Wicks is a perfectly fine option as your wide receiver one, and Romeo Dobbs is a nice wide receiver too. Wicks is Wicks is doing quite well, um, and honestly, like the, the, there's just nothing on the defense of the Giants that scares you. Period. Like you're Thanks up against. Long. He's it. Yeah, he's, he's is he 100 right now, and he's up uh, against his toughest test of the year. The interior pass protection for the Packers is outstanding. Uh, so I think six with the Packers. Laying it on the road stinks. <laughs> Laying it in a game with the total of thirty-seven is very, very narrow margin. Uh, it's 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 going to be it's going to be a sweat. Like, don't get me wrong. But uh, if I could only have one bet on these two games, that would be it. Right now, currently, nothing in my accounts on either of these two. Um, I get why Miami is drifting towards two touchdowns. I think that's right. Um, but uh, ultimately, I think there are is a little bit of slippage potentially with this Miami defense, like. You look at their advanced stats over the last five, six weeks, they look like the best defense and you know, top three defense in football. Um, but no Jalen Phillips now. Uh, they lost uh, their number one linebacker in Baker. At least he was 750 snaps for them this year. So it's going to matter trying to backfill Baker. Um, <clears throat> and so there could be some opportunity here for the Titans to find some weird ways to score. So in the early game, uh, or I guess this, they're both kicking off at the same time. Why are, I don't really understand why they're scheduling this and why we're doing this, but so yeah, be it. Okay. Uh, but in the uh, in the game in Miami, I would lean over 46 and a half. And in the game in the Meadowlands, I would lean, uh, lean Packers at six. Yep, I like that. Uh, I'm with you on the Packers. I think, look, there's a chance that your average, well, there's a good chance that your average football fan wouldn't be able to pick out any of Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks, or Jaden Reed <laughs> off of the street, and they're all sure. good. They're all they're really all good. good. Watson's good. really good too, and he's going to be out, but 
Like they have a slew of just excellent receivers and the way that Jordan Love is playing, uh, the way he's playing at the moment, which is, I mean, he's a top 10 quarterback on the season um, by EPA per play. And I think he's playing at that level and he's trending up, uh, if anything. So I agree there. I think with the Dolphins and Titans, my angle into that would be like, I just don't think Tua's passing yards should be under set under 300 in this game. And <laughs> That's a great call. 287 and a half. And I get that, you know, we, we think about, oh, he's not going to play the fourth quarter because it's a blowout. But you're allowed to accumulate 288 yards in three quarters. <laughs> uh, Happens all and, the time. And the one thing with this is that it's not only that he has an amazing matchup where the Titans have a great run defense and a terrible passing defense. So, uh, they will give up explosive plays through the air to the most, ex- well, outside of the Niners, uh, one of the most explosive passing teams in the league with Tyreek and Waddle. But it's also on the other side and the fact that the Dolphins, no, I don't think they have the best defense in football, which statistically they have for a while now, to your point, but they still have a good defense. And the Titans offense has been terrible ever since uh, DeAndre Hopkins stopped committing offensive pass interference in Will Levis' debut against the Falcons. And so that just feeds into Tua because I think the Titans are going to go three and out a lot. I don't think they're going to have much success offensively. And that's just going to give the ball back to Tua uh, and give it back to him to accumulate passing yards. So that would be my look there is Tua over 287 and a half. Uh, and I'm with you on the Packers. What uh, Jeffrey Simmons for sure not, not taking the field, do you think? He is out. Uh, that matters. Uh, without yeah. Jeffrey Simmons, the Titans' defense might be capital B A D bad. Yep, yep. It is. Uh, it is not good. All right, we are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe. And a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. I'm Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll see you tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.